Well, um, my message is entitled Looking Ahead with 2020 Vision. And of course, uh, we couldn't be here last week because we were trying to see through a snowstorm last week. And uh, I just uh, kept this message um, for this week. And usually the Sunday between Christmas and New Year's is always a tough one. What do you talk about? You know, what do you do with it? Do we look back? Um, do we look forward? What do we do with that Sunday? And then you get to the first Sunday of the year and usually you want to um, cast vision. And so I like to tend to look forward. And um, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to look forward into the new year. And we're going to look ahead with 2020 vision. I thought it was so much fun. Um, there was a joke going around that on ABC for the countdown show, um, they should have Barbara Walters come on and say, this is um, Barbara Walters and this is 2020. Well, you know, I tuned in after the news just to see the countdown and wouldn't you know, they had all these old clips of Barbara Walters from 2020 going, and this is 2020. I just thought that was funny. And, um, but you know what? With the Lord, with the Lord, we can see, we can see clearly um, ahead. And that doesn't always seem like we can, uh, but we can. And so um, I don't know what's going on with the sound system. This um, it's just acting up. So I'll. So we're going to be looking ahead, and I want to remind you of some things about our vision here at New Life. And I actually added a new one onto it. Because it's so, I, I've just, don't worry about a timing, I just changed mics. No, I just changed mics. Um, we're going to be looking ahead. And we do this, we pray together. We need to pray even more together. And I want you to notice something. It says together. Too many times past, people have gone ahead and had their own agendas in our church, and they've never come together in unity because they wanted to do their own agenda. And then we wonder why we haven't gotten anywhere. Pastor would get up and would cast um, agenda for the future, and we're saying we're all going to work towards it, and everybody nods yes, and we all got on board. And I, before I would even announce it, I would talk to leadership, and everybody would get on board on the agenda. And within three weeks, people were on doing their old thing again, trying to do their own thing. I even had one person tell people that, um, that they were sure they were going to be the pastor of the church here. Well... That was not God's agenda. That was their own agenda. And uh, um, that's not right. You can only have one shepherd, one leader, and that should be Jesus Christ. And Jesus has called us to be here in this community. And so the word together is so important because the Holy Spirit stresses together. Unity. 
Where there is unity, the people will flourish. Where there's unity, there's a vision, and the people will flourish. But when people are showing disunity, Paul, Jesus says you are to mark that one and call them out and say they are a person of disunity. And I've had to do that over time. We had one person in the church, she, she'd go around and another one saying, I'm gonna, I should be the leader of this church. And she'd go quietly to people and, and, and say, if I was the pastor, I would do this and I would do that. That was wrong. That was sowing discord. That's an Absalom-type spirit because that's what Absalom did in the gates. If I were king instead of my father, that's wrong. That's causing disunity, discord. And Jesus says, where to mark that one? Paul says, unity is so important because without unity, you grieve the Holy Spirit. And when you grieve the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can't operate in the church unless the Lord builds the church they that labor in vain. Why wouldn't we want to have God on our side and do it the right way? So I am so glad that in the first time in a very, very long time, we have such unity in our church. And it is wonderful to see. And we should celebrate that unity that we have. And we could have had this unity at any time if we would have just pulled together and said, we're going to do this together. We're in this together. We're going to give together. We're going to pray together. Oh, give together. That sounds good too. Do you know what? When you don't do your part in giving, you make it harder on everybody else who gives. Did you ever think about that? If everybody would do, all right, I've used the, the analogy of making soup. If just one person's going to make the soup, they have to go out and buy the ingredients, they have to go do and they have to make and they got to do and do all the things and cut. And, but if everybody would get together and somebody would say, I'll go get the onion. And somebody would say, I'll bring the meat. And I'll bring the carrots. And I'll bring the peas. And, and everybody would bring a little bit of the soup. And, and we'll all help together. And, 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 and Al is in charge of boiling the water. All he did says, I will get the water, but somebody better bring a pot. And, and, and so Marion says, I'll bring the pot. Al, you get the water. And Al says, oh, that's easy. I took the easy job. And so he takes and he grabs the pot from Marion, goes over to the sink, turns on the faucet, fills it up, carries it over the sto stove and says, okay, ladies, I'm done. I'm out of here. And so everybody comes. And each one throws their part into the soup. And I forgot, Karen says, I'll make sure I stir it up so it gets stirred right. And, and I'll be the official taste tester. Ooh, it needs a little salt. It needs a little this. Yep, it's perfect soup. If we all do it together, it's easier. You know why? Because it's not a burden on one person. We're all in it together. But in our giving, when we don't go ahead and share and we don't give together, it becomes a burden on just a few instead of a shared task. And it makes it hard for us to help people when they call for help. But we pray together. And by the way, the reason why I'm talking about giving under prayer, did you know that your giving is part of your prayer life? Why? Because worship is prayer, and giving is part of your worship. Oh, pastor, I don't know why God doesn't 
answer my prayers. Well, are you doing your part? Are you being obedient to the word of God? Most of our prayers is, Lord, help me pay my bills. But if you're not going ahead and doing your part, God's not going to go ahead and open up the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that you cannot give together because we pray together. And, and if you haven't been coming to Thursday night, oh my word, you have been missing a blessing. Thursday night is our other church service now during the week. And, and it is such a blessing because we come together, not only do we sing, not only do we have the word given out, but we also have a time of prayer together. And it's been such a blessing and it's one of the reasons that we've become more united in our church because of our prayer time together. Because we come together, we pray for you, we pray for the Kiwana kids, we pray for their families, we pray for our communities, we've been praying for revival, we've been praying for church growth, we've been praying and praying and praying. The second thing is we learn together. You notice it's again together, together. If we could all get on the same page together, well, how wonderful that is. We learn together. Why? Because we're supposed to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And a, dis a disciple is someone who is being trained, someone who is learning, someone who studies this book. The next one is we go together. You know, this is where we've been falling short on the go together. Did you notice it's together? Jesus sent them out two by two. I think we need to start to get to reach for Christ. Can I have an amen? amen? Oh, my word. Karen, where, where is she? There she is in the booth. Didn't we have fun together? Jody was with us, and Danny was with us, and we were together, and we were cold. <laughs> Danny was colder than the rest of us. Do you ever see a Danny Sicole? Joe, she was the turtle. We had fun, didn't we? My word, we were doing it together. I don't know how many people we were able to throw candy at, but we were throwing candy at them. Maybe next time we'll just hand it to them. Uh, but no, we weren't throwing it at them. But we had fun meeting people and talking to people. And we actually prayed over everything that we gave out that day that God would use that to get their attention. But we did that together. And you know what? When you do things together, it's a lot easier if you were just out there. Can you imagine if I sent Danny out there all by her lonesome to the zoo that night and she was that cold? I mean, she would have never felt warm at all. We were able to go ahead and say, hey, get to the warm, to the, to go and get warmed up. And then when she got back, Jody just took her coat off because Jody really layered, and she put her coat around her and said, now stay warm. And that was so cool. And, and then it was so wonderful because uh, while we were giving up, Jody made sure we all got hot chocolate because they were bringing free hot chocolate around to the workers. And great too. And we had an awesome time because we did it together. Isn't it nicer that when the ladies show up and they do the um, twice blessing closet together? Isn't it much more fun when they do it together? And, and boy, I couldn't believe it. I showed up here on a Wednesday night. No, it was Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. 
And I thought somebody was dropping off a bunch of, on Christmas Eve right before church? Come on. No, this lady called up, and, and Carol was gracious enough, said, we'll come down and open it up for you. And so she went, she took so much stuff home, we had a clearance sale that day. She took so much stuff home that it kind of cleaned out some of the mess. However, in the future, every family can only take one quilt each time they come. They can't take 15,000 quilts. I just said it's okay as long as she took a quilt for every one of her kids and grandkids. That is fine. I don't care. But we're going to do that so that we can spread those blankets out and we can find out what is your need. If you need more blankets, we can make exceptions, you know. But we go together. See, the twice closet is not about providing just clothing. It's providing the gospel. If we're not trying to get people saved through that, I know it frustrates Carol at sometimes because she is trying so hard to tell them about Jesus. And, and, and she gets so frustrated when they get so close to knowing who Jesus is, and, but all they wanted was the clothes. Now, we still should clothe the naked. We don't want people walking around whopping in Breckenridge naked. I mean, we don't want to be called a scandalous town. So we want to put clothing because Jesus said, clothe those who need clothing. So we don't mind doing that. And we do have fun doing that. And boy, what a nice looking store we have upstairs. And we're still wanting to get up there and, re and organize it even better so that we can use it still back as our gym as well. Our sliders for underneath everything aren't very good sliders. And I added one here. Did you see what I added? We do these things in the unity of the Holy Spirit. We are going to be stressing the unity in the Holy Spirit. Everything we do needs to be done in unity in the Holy Spirit. If it's not Spirit-led, why are we doing it? If it's not Spirit-led, why are we doing it? So one of the things we're going to be looking at on Thursday nights is um, just a closer walk with thee. We're going to be, the Lord has put on my heart the word intimacy for Thursdays. We're going to learn how to become more intimate with the Lord. And that is so important. It'll change the way we worship around here. So I want to look ahead, and God gave me Ephesians chapter 2, verse, um, verses 4 through 10. But let's just start with Ephesians um, chapter 2 and verse 4. But God, who is rich because of God's great love for us, we should desire to have that love. And we should desire to be closer to him. And we should be desiring to give that love to others. But God, who is rich in mercy... For his great love wherewith he loved us. Now let me tell you something. His mercy comes to us by means of the cross. His mercy came to us because Jesus was willing to come and die for us on the cross. His mercy and his love was shown to us at Calvary. 
And the sooner we embrace that, that, that reality becomes more real in our life, we will want to share that love with others. Do you know that sin in the Bible is singular? Because all sin is like filthy rags before God. It doesn't, God doesn't rank sin. This sin is worse than that sin. I know that there's some people who say, oh, this sin is worse than that sin, and that sin is worse than those two sins. No, in God's eye, sin is sin. <clears throat> but I am glad that the psalmist said that his mercies, plural, his mercies are new every morning. Aren't you glad for that? My word, some of us are such boneheads. We do the dumbest things. You know, some days we, we go ahead and we'll do something and say, why did I do that? Why did I fight with my sister? Why did I kick the dog? You know, I can understand the cat, but why did I kick the dog? Well, most of the time with a cat, you can't help it. You're trying to walk and they get around your legs and just, yeah. And I think Al will agree with me. A dog that you can kick over the fence is not a dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's a toy. Those little chihuahuas. <laughs> <laughs> I heard of a guy who had a, he had a big old Labrador and his wife had a little Chihuahua. And he loved playing fetch with the Labrador because the Chihuahua was worthless. You know, it just looked at you like, huh? Well, the Chihuahua decided to get in on the fun and instead of carrying the stick the right way, you know, the cross this way, it had to stick this way out of its mouth, running along, thinking, oh, look at me, I'm playing fetch, running along with a stick coming out of its mouth this way, and the stupid dog tripped and pole vaulted itself over. <laughs> Can you just imagine that? <laughs> the guy told me, he says, I thought the dog was going to be, have that stick rammed through it. But no, it just ended up pole vaulting. Ugh. <laughs> uh done to animals. <laughs> hey, if we didn't have chihuahuas, would we have Taco Bell? <laughs> Verse 5, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. Oh, praise God. This speaks to the, of a state in which we could by no means help ourselves. Have you ever been really able to help yourself to get over your addictions, your sins? Haven't you always needed help? And the only one that can help us is Jesus Christ. This new life is imparted to us through our identification with Christ and his death because Paul says you must confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and he who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Grace is made possible 
solely by the cross of Jesus Christ and comes to us in an uninterrupted flow as we ever make the Christ, the cross, Jesus' work of redemption, the object of our faith. Not this wooden, we don't worship objects. We worship Jesus, but it's his work on the cross that gives us grace. You didn't earn grace. You couldn't earn God's forgiveness. Grace is unmerited favor. It's not an excuse to do whatever we want. What shall we sin? Shall we, shall we sin more that grace may abound? God forbid. Not only does God have great love, God have great love for us, but God's great kindness towards us. Ephesians 2 6 says, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Oh, that's better. That purple screen was hard to. The resurrection of Christ from the tomb was our resurrection. Listen, the resurrection of Christ from the tomb was our resurrection as well, spiritually speaking, and gives us newness of life. He is the first fruit of the resurrection, the Bible says Jesus is, because we too shall rise just as he rose from the dead. In fact, that's what the rapture is all about. It is the resurrection of the believers. Some people say, I don't believe in the rapture. Well, do you believe in the resurrection of the saints? Yes. Then you believe in the rapture. It's the same thing. Jesus for us. I, I don't know. I feel like in this day, in this culture, I have to keep reiterating the fact that Jesus died for us. We can have life so that we can be resurrected. Jesus died for us so we can have grace. Jesus died for us so we can be forgiven. Jesus died for us as we, we can have the peace of Righteousness. We talked about that Thursday night. Jesus died for us so we could be adopted by God as his children. Jesus died for us so that we could be healed. Jesus died for us so we could be made whole. Jesus died for us so we could be overcomers. Jesus died for us so we can overcome our addictions. Jesus died for us so that we don't have to have fear. And depression—that fear causes depression. What are you so fearful of? It is all done in Christ, and it refers to the way He did it, which is through the cross. There is no other way. My, what Jesus had to go through so that we could be saved. My word. Verse 7, that in the ages to come, 
he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. In the ages that are coming, one upon another unending. Every, this is why we have to reach every generation. That's why each generation needs to learn how to speak to itself. You millennials in this room, you need to learn how to speak to the other millennials and get them saved. Come on. We're, we, we older folks that you look down on, this is the problem. See, the millennials blame everybody older than them. It's worse than the 60s. In the 60s, don't trust anybody over 30. Remember that? So many believe that. Now all those people who are saying that, they're well over 60. <laughs> but the millennials are saying, don't trust anybody who's older than our group because all the problems of the world is their fault. Um, what? Um, I, I don't meet too many of people in my generation who get so upset that they get on Twitter and start calling people names and bullying. Ever since we started the, 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 um, the, the not, not bullying education in our schools, bullying has gotten worse. We have taught people how to bully the bullies. It was so much easier in our day. What were we taught to do with a bully? Ignore him or you stand up to him. And what do usually bullies do? They back down. Problem is, in today's world, most bullies have guns and knives. You know, and that's been the problem. But it used to be we used to ignore them. Or stand up. I mean, everybody watches the Christmas story. Most, most people probably don't really care for the Christmas story. I know some people who just, you either love the story or you don't love the story. That movie on TV that's on every year that they play over and over and over again. You, you know, there was a bully in that, wasn't there? And finally the kid had had it. And he stood up to him and that was the end of his bully. And he discovered he has strength. The truth is, if we would understand we have strength to stand up to the bully without having to resort to violence, we can deal with it. If the church would just stand up and say enough is enough to these bullies who've been bullying everybody and telling us we have to change to their way of sin, if the church would stand up and say enough is enough, guess what? They would have to back down because you know what? The truth is there's more of us than there are them right now but if we don't watch out there's going to be more of them than of us verse 7 presents the believer with a golden age and that golden age never passed some people i wish we could go back to the good old days because they're looking at the good old days as the golden age. No, with Jesus Christ, the future is always the golden age. Because there's going to be a day when Jesus comes back. He is going to set up his kingdom here on earth. And boy, what good days those are going to be. 
and it's only going to get better. God is able to show us kindness only through the cross. That is accepting Jesus into your heart and the work he accomplished there on our behalf. The Bible student must realize is the oldest doctrine in the Bible. Let's look at 1 Peter 1, 18, and 20, 18 through 20 says, As much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in these last times for you. Before the foundations of the world, Jesus agreed to die for you. Have you figured that out yet? Before the world was created, before he created one single blade of grass, before he created one animal, before he separated waters from the dry land, the sun, the stars, anything, Jesus decided he died for you on the cross. Try to wrap your head around it. Try to make that a reality in your life. That brings us to my last point, God's grace. See, Jesus didn't need to die for us, did he? He could have just wiped us all out when Adam and Eve sinned. We wouldn't even be here today. But he fell in love with us. And he said, They're worth, they are worth dying for. Four. Let's look at Ephesians 2, 8 through, 10, uh, 8 through 10. For by grace ye are, ye are saved, are ye saved, through faith, and not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Grace, this is the goodness of God. And it's found only through faith in Christ Jesus. None of this is of us. None of this is of us. But it's all of him. Anytime the word gift is used, God is speaking of his son and his substitutionary work on the cross for us, which makes all of this possible. My word, it doesn't matter how woke you are, you cannot save yourself, only Jesus can do it. Grace is only through... By grace ye are saved through faith and not of yourselves. And Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. You're, the, I'm sorry to tell you, but the Muslims, unless they get saved by Jesus Christ, are not in heaven. 
the Hindus are not going to heaven unless they repent and come to Jesus. And the Lord, nobody comes unto the Father except by me. There's only one way. Jesus paid the ultimate price. Why would God allow any other way? Because, let me tell you something, Muhammad didn't die for nobody. But he sure killed enough people to make them follow him. Jesus never went ahead and killed anybody. Oh, there's been things done in the name of Christ. But it's never been the true church that's done it. Let me say that. There's been a lot of things done in the name of Christ, but it's never been the true that's done it. Verse 9 says, not of works, lest any man should boast. Man cannot merit salvation, irrespective what he does. What does that mean? You can't, there's, you can't be good enough to get into heaven. God looks at you and says, why should I let you into my heaven? Because I was a good person. I did this, I did that, and I did the other thing. I gave money to the poor, I fed the hungry, I clothed the hungry, I did all these good works. But Jesus says, I'm going to look at them and say, I never do you. You see, the problem is, we are saved by grace through faith, not through works. I never knew you. What a sad verse. To do all these things in the name of the Lord, and never have a relationship with him. So when you stand before him and he looks at you and says, but I never knew you. Who are you? Of course, he knows your name. He knows who you are. But who are you? You're not part of the family. You never came to me in faith. You never came to me. There's a lot of people who call themselves Christians who have never done that. And even in, even in Pentecostal churches, there's a lot of people who've never, they, they just think they're saved because grandma was saved and they grew up in the church there. They were water baptized. They think they're going to heaven, but they've never have their own personal relationship with Jesus. God doesn't have grandchildren. He only has children. And you can't be good enough because nobody's good enough. Everyone has sinned and come short of the glory of God. Only one who, wasn't, who never sinned was Jesus Christ. And he paid the debt so that we, he gave his life as a substitution for ours so that we can believe. And all we have to do is believe in him. So simple. You don't have to go around and knock on a hundred doors and ask for money and, 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 and do all these good works and stuff to get into heaven. All you have to do is accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And because he is your Savior, then you want to do good works. Not to gain anything, but because you love him and you want to see others come to know Jesus as well. Man cannot boast in his own ability and strength. 
We are only allowed to boast only in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our boasting should all be done in Jesus' name. Why? Because verse 10 answers this. For we are his workmanship. Hello? <laughs> Isn't that nice? The, the apostle made this really easy for me. Paul made it e really easy to answer the question, why? Because we, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So if we are God's workmanship, our salvation cannot be of ourselves. This speaks of the result of salvation and never the cause. I love that. God speaks of the results of our salvation, never the cause. Aren't you glad? Oh, my word. There's some people, they're like elephants. They never forget anything, even after they say they forgave you. They're always bringing up your past. This is the cause of myself. This is the, he never talks about the cause of our salvation. He points to the fact you, I needed to die for you because you're a sinner. And only Jesus could save you. Only I could save you by my dying on the cross and shedding of my blood. This is the reason, the reason why I went to the cross is your sin. But I'm never going to talk to you about the cause. I'm going to talk to you about the result. And that's your, that's your salvation. I love God because you know what? When he forgives, he forgives completely. He puts all your sin in his sea of forgetfulness and he does not remember it no more. And he never throws it back in your face. I wish Christians would all act that way. When you forgive somebody, let it go. Sometimes I think we need to start singing that song. Let it go, let it go. <laughs> and there's some dads out there going, no, I don't want to hear it again. <laughs> the good works the apostle speaks of has to do with our faith in Christ and the cross, which enables believers to live a holy life. When we embrace these things, it causes us to see more clearly that we need to rely on his grace and on his strength and have faith to believe we can accomplish everything God puts into our hearts. For there is nothing impossible for God to do And we can do all things. And because of this, we can do all things in Christ, through Christ, who strengthens us. <coughs> so in 2020, we need to embrace, we pray together, 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 together. We learn together, together, together. We go together. And we do these things in unity of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray.
Lord Jesus, we just thank you and praise you for your word today. Lord, help this word to become more real in our lives. So many non-truths are being taught today as truth. And culture has embraced them. And Lord, it's so sad. But your Bible is full of truths, and if we would just learn the truths of your word and teach them to others, this world would be such a better place. Lord, help us to go together. Help us to share this gospel message with others. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be your voice, your hands, your feet in this world and your mouth and your love so others can come to know you too, Jesus, as their Savior. We praise you for this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Praise the